Hello, everybody, and welcome to Golf vs. Golf, a hybrid podcast where we discuss, debate, and analyze everything in the world of golf and disc golf. I'm your co-host, Charlie Tinsley. Join with me, as always, Aaron Molini. Hello, Charlie. How you doing, man, friend? Good. And once again, Anthony is not here with us. He has come down with strep throat, kind of last minute. Texas. We're going to give him the boot. He's going to – yeah, we're going to have to get – I'm just kidding. I like him too much. Uh, B. Willie, we try to call him in. He just had too much going on today. Uh, he's playing a little disc golf today, and he didn't have time to do any research. I'm kidding, but he just didn't have time, so it's just me and Aaron tonight for the show, but we're excited to be here. We've had a lot go on in the realm of golf and disc golf. By that, I mean we've both played a tournament, and there's been a lot going on in the golf world. Um a little thing called the Open Championship, which was which we will definitely get to here in a minute. But I actually don't want to talk about it. You don't want to talk about it. I do want to talk I about it because if you remember from last uh, episode, we gave our picks. Now, Brandon, what who did who did B Willie pick? Jordan Spieth. He picked Jordan Spieth, which had a decent. I, would, I didn't. Follow yeah, he made the cut, but he wasn't really ever in contention. And then who did you pick? Billy Horschel. Billy Horschel, how did he do? He made the cut, and that's about it. Well, I picked Cameron Smith. Yeah. And I didn't really even know his name. I said I wanted the Australian man with the mullet. And sure enough, B. Willie texted me, I think it was the second round, and said that he was tearing it up. Well, he struggled the third round, but then in the last round he made five or six straight birdies. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. But you owe me, you and Brandon, owe me a coffee which I will take from Starbucks, uh, probably a brown sugar shaken espresso, the large. I don't know what you just said. It's so it's so good. You need to try it out sometime. Anyway, before we get to all of that fun stuff and um, the discussion topic for today. Charlie, if I was to ask you, did you play any disc golf this weekend? I would say I absolutely did. And if you were to ask me, did I play good disc golf? <laughs> I would tell you I absolutely did not. <laughs> I went and played in a tournament down in Spartanburg, South Carolina at a course called Pipeline. And um, so I'm playing the course blind. and Like uh, blind? Like yeah. you put a blindfold over you? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pretty spectacular in that sense. No, first time ever playing it. And I'll say this, it's a good course. I can see why people love it. And you're probably going to hate I said, but it is very right-handed friendly. Oh my gosh! So I started off. Here on, we go. I started off on hole eleven, righty shot, 12, 13, 14, 15. 16 was kind of both, seventeen kind of a straight shot, and then I mean it was a lot of right. But here's what I came down to: I started getting all whiny. You know how you do when you play golf sometimes. Nope. Yeah, I played golf with you before, Aaron. I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even act. I started getting whiny, but I I, I just told myself, hey, you dumb wad. Learn how to throw a forehand. And I can throw a forehand in a field and even like for my upshots. I just struggle off the tee, especially hitting tight gaps. This was not the course to play blind because it was such a tight technical course. You needed to really know what disc you were coming off of. And then I kind of adopted the, the principle of I'm just going to work on my forehand. First round, I shot eight over, which ended up being like 850, 860 rated. Second round played it a little bit better. Once Which I ain't seen the, terrible, right? Uh, it ain't awful, but I, I like most of my rounds have been over 900 here lately. 
And then the second round was over 900 after I played the course once, kind of knew what to throw a little bit. But I'll say this, I had fun card mates, fun people to play with. Shout out um, to my my friend Josh I met, who's a teacher down in Cullowee. I will say this, though. Second round, I started on hole 11, so I played through 18, and then we got to hole one. Once again, another right-handed shot, so I had to throw a lefty turnover. I hit chains and splashed out for the ace. I about nice. aced it. It would have been like probably a two three hundred dollar. How many feet it, was it? Oh, it was over three hundred. It was a it was a long technical shot. Wow! Through a pretty wooded hole, and when I hit the change, you can't even see the basket. That's how hard of a hole it is. It's kind of a blind basket, and everybody was like, "Oh my god!" And and then it, we walked up, and sure enough, it was just right outside of you the basket. You made birdie. Yeah, I made birdie, but um, that was my best shot of the day, and um, that was pretty cool. But anyway, I I did have a good time. Enjoyed the course. I'm just going to have to get better at my forehand because I got. I'm going to. Real, I, I'm realizing the fact that I'm going to have to play courses that are more right-handed dominant. So, got to figure out that flick. So, that was my journey this weekend. How about you, my friend? I you played in the tournament, correct? I did. I played in the member guest at Grassy Creek, which is in Spruce Pine, North Carolina. If you don't know, beautiful mountain course, Mitchell County. Mitchell County, one of the highest. By the mm. way, Mitchell. Mitchell High? Mount Mitchell oh. is the highest peak this side of the Mississippi, I believe. So we're you're way up there. Yeah. As far as where we're at goes. Mount Mitchell, uh, or Mitchell High School also played for the one A state championship in football. Yeah, they're a powerhouse in and football. And they got destroyed. But Oh well. Anyways. So I played they made uh, it. I played the member guest at Grassy Creek. With uh, Shannon Smith, shout out again because you don't ever watch our podcast. Watch the podcast or listen to the podcast, Shannon. So, Saturday was Texas Scramble. And for anybody that doesn't know, Texas Scramble is a modified best ball. You both hit off the tee and you use the best one off the tee and then you play your own ball from then on. Sounds fun. I've never played it, but it sounds interesting. We shot 73 the first day, Texas Scramble. Par 72. Par 72, which we should – we we struggled a little bit to make birdies. We were making – we were make, we made some birdies and we made too many bogeys, to was be it, honest. Was it pretty even who shot y'all were taking or were you, or were you carrying or was – Well, we, you, we brother-in-lawed it. The terminology is what we use. We brother-in-lawed it. We, uh, if somebody played bad on the hole, the other one usually picked up par. They picked them up? So – Brother-in-law, what a term. So we go into Sunday and we're in the second flight. And we are actually leading the second flight. Well, we're tied for the lead. There's seven teams that shot 73. Oh, wow. So we go into Sunday, and Sunday's straight up best ball. So I'll explain best ball. You you both play your own ball, and you take the best score. If I make a five and he makes a four, we take his four. So um, we get down, and we're two under going into number 14. And – I, I was I was dumb. I made a dumb decision. I hit five wood off number fourteen, and you have to lay up. I'm not even going to try to explain the hole because it doesn't matter. Uh, actually, if you hit driver, you can hit it into the creek, and anything right goes out of bounds. So I hit five wood, and I blocked it out of bounds. It hit the road and bounced into the woods. <clears throat> so my partner, not thinking, went ahead and hit hybrid. He should have hit a four iron or a five iron. He hit hybrid. He did. He missed it left, and it went over some tree or under some trees, and he had no shot. So we made double on fourteen. Mm. 
uh, we go 15, par 16, we made birdie, and then par, par 17 and 18, and we get in the clubhouse and we've tied with another group. To win your flight. We shot 71, best ball. Yeah. And we had another 71 that also shot 73 the day before. Okay. So we were like, well, are we going to play it out on the scorecard? How are we going to do it? And they said, no, you're going to go to number one. Oh. And y'all are going to play until somebody wins. Wow. And I was like, awesome. I love this. Play best ball till somebody yes. wins. So we get on one. Uh, I striped it. I mean, just striped it right down the middle. Honestly, I did. I hit a really good shot. Which, and, if I remember, that's a pretty tight hole. Yeah, everything on number one. Okay, everything on the whole front nine at Grassy Creek left is out of bounds. Right. But this is – it's an elevated tee shot, and everything left of the cart path is out of bounds. So I stripe it down the middle. My partner hooks it out of bounds. So Shannon, the two people that were playing are old men, so they're playing the gold tees. They, I mean, and you know, if any anybody knows any old golfers, most of them hit it right down the middle. So both of them, of course, hit it right down the middle. So it's pretty much at this point you versus two. It is, and were they off the tee? Were they further than you? They were not. So they hit first. Both of them hit first. One of them hit it into the bunker. To the right side of the green. The other one hit it way off to the right, but he was on the green. How were your nerves? I was pretty nervous, but I had like I had like ninety two yards downhill, and I hit fifty four degree, and I stuck it. I St- mean, to, stuck it. to like ten or eleven feet. Okay, which is a pretty good shot, but still not a not no, a I give mean, me by I, any means. No, and no, they no. still have to get, but and and one of them's probably going to get up and down. Yes, so. The guy who hits it in the bunker actually does about knock it in. <laughs> He's got to tap in for par. It was I was nervous when he hit it because it looked so good for a long time. The other guy missed too, so they both made par. I've got a chance to win it right here. I've got a, a ten foot left to right putt down the hill. You feel like when you step up, you've got a good read on it. I w- I did. I thought I had a good read, and I was I was nervous. I was I was shaking a little bit, so I hit it. And it's going down, and I'm thinking, that's that's a pretty good putt. But right at the hole, it absolutely, it turned 90 degrees almost and just missed on the low side. So I have a two-footer. I knew I was going to make it. I made it, and we made par. So we go to number two, which is also par four. And we hit first, and I hit mine left. Now, I didn't hit it out of bounds, but I did hit it behind a tree. I'm dead behind the tree. Right. So my partner, Shannon... Hits it right down the middle. I mean, just stripes it right down the middle. And, of course, the two guys hit it right down the middle. Now, they had a really big advantage on this hole, though. They were probably 100 yards further from the tee box than we were. The gold they, tees yes. were 100 yards so he, further up the fairway. Yeah, so he stripes it. I mean, he's got like 40 yards into the green. Well, you know, I, I try to hit a hook around the tree. I don't get it on the green. So, my partner Shannon's got like maybe 100 yards into this hole. And he does stick it to three feet. Really? Wow. So, we get up to the green. I'm out of the hole. You know, I chip up, and I have a putt for par. But the other guy uh, that had 40 yards hits it right over the pin, and he's probably got 10, 12 feet for birdie. And I, I went over to Shannon, and I said, if you make the, if he makes this, it's going to put a lot of pressure on you. I probably shouldn't have said this. Yeah, but, I don't know why you would have said that. Yeah. I said, if you miss, though. If he misses, I mean, you, you're, you're going to make this putt. Sure enough, right in the center of the hole, he makes it from 12 feet. And I'm wow. Like, 
I'm like, all right, Shannon, you got this. I mean, three feet. Now it wasn't straight in. It was a. It was a. He didn't hit the hole. Oh my! He God. pulled it left, and it was it was a breaking putt left, and he didn't even hit the hole. So what you're telling me is the other two guys, if they have a podcast, had a much better ending to their story. Yeah. Now we did come. We come in second. Yeah. Which was, no, you played it was, well. It was a pretty good showing. Uh, then he started blaming it on me. If you'd have made that putt on one, then we wouldn't. I said, if you wouldn't have hooked it out of bounds, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, well. So. Well, it sounds like, you know. Good competition, I guess. Shout so. out to Willie. Willie made the 12-footer on – Well two. done, Willie. Well done. So well, anyway. anyway, enough of our jabbering about our wanting to be something we're probably not. So, here we go. For On the discussion topic, what we're dealing with today on Golf versus Golf is this, this idea of golfers aging out of the sport. Now – you might be thinking, well, that's an odd topic. Not if you paid attention, because Tiger Woods came out with some pretty uh, pretty profound statements. And, I mean, he was kind of emotional. He missed the cut. Well, do you know exactly what he said? I can paraphrase it. Yeah. Somebody asked him if he was going to retire. And he says, no, I'm not going to retire. Like, that was a stupid question for somebody to ask. Right. He said, do I have a limited schedule now? Yes. He said, but he made the statement, this could be my last week at St. Andrews to really compete in a major at the highest level. Right. Now, did he say something along the lines like he doesn't see himself being able to do St. Andrews again like it just takes He did not say that. But he did kind of say, he kind of told the whole world that maybe he's just not, you know, he just doesn't have the body and the – he's got the ability for sure. He just – I don't think his body will let him compete for four rounds in a major like that. Right. And, uh, no, I, I liked what he said. He said, yeah, I mean, I can't – you know, I can't go out and practice like I used to. I've got to figure out a way to practice. He said, but I know I'm definitely not going to retire. So – and he didn't play very well at all. So, so this is his actual statement. Um, he said it's a very it's very emotional for me. He said to me it felt like this might have been my last British Open here at St Andrews. Yeah, and I'm guessing what he's he's not necessarily saying he's not going to play a British Open. The last but, one he could ever compete in. What is it? Every four years it comes back there. Uh, not necessarily. It just depends. Yeah. But anyway, it's just not. <laughs> you don't know and. Obviously, there's uncertainty there. I mean, it's at least going to – I would imagine it's at least going to be four years before it ever gets back there. Right. Maybe five or six because the last one was in 2015. Right. So, that's been, what, seven years ago? Yeah, seven years ago. Yeah, so, yeah, that is – the the importance of that course and him even – he's won there, correct? Like yes. He's won at St. Oh, Andrews. Yeah. yeah, by a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, for him to say that, what a what a statement. And that's exactly what we're talking about today. When what does it look like? And it's it's sad to see because even me, who hasn't been an avid golfer most of my life or hardly any of my life, I you knew one thing, you knew one name in golf. Oh yeah, and that name was Tiger Woods. Yep. So I mean, I mean that's what the video game's named after. That's right. So. It's just sad to see this icon who's been in it for years, who's dominated. Now, of course, you know, later, and it's been as dominant, but still a force, still win a major, and now he's now he's acting like 
the end is near. So it kind of had me thinking, what does it look like for someone who's aging out of golf? And we're going to look at it on the disc golf side too because it's different in disc golf. But, but like, do you, for example, and you've seen this, you've been in what does that look like? So I, I did some research, and after the PGA Tour, when you turn 50, you're eligible for the Champions Tour. Right. So there's not been many. Now, I tried to get the exact number. I tried to look up the percentage of people who play on the PGA Tour and then go on to play on the Champions Tour. Right. And I couldn't find that number. However, there are a lot. A lot of them. A big, a big turnover. A, a very big turnover. Uh, Jack Nicholas, all them guys that, that have won, Arnold Palmer and them guys, went on to the Champions Tour, and Jack actually won like six or seven majors on the Champions Tour. Right. So, I mean, it's uh, – you know, I, I'm sure some of them retire, and I've got two stories of, of two, a woman and a man who both retired early, and we'll get into that in a minute, but – uh, but for most of them, I mean, they make a career out of it. And when, if you know, if they like playing golf, like Fred Couples and them guys, Fred Couples still plays. Yeah, he plays the the Champions Tour all the time, and you know, he plays the Masters every year. And he's probably, I mean, he's in his fifties for sure. That's one of the benefits of golf as a sport on the professional level. Here's here's what I'm talking about. You can still make money once you're outdated. Yeah, and I, I use the word outdated and. What I mean is you're not competing. Your body cannot hold up to these young guys that are coming in. And it's just, I mean, it's just how it's biology. You can't really, you know, you can do things to make yourself and obviously put, you know, time and money into your body, but it's going to, it's deteriorating. So here's the thing. Old men can still play golf, which like in football, you can't. There comes a time when you're done, your body can't do it. Or, you know. Uh, any sport, soccer, even baseball. Yeah, but golf, you can play. You know, you know, Arnold Palmer was playing the Masters that first card of the Masters till the year he died. And here, and here's what I'll say with that because I knew you were going to say that. So, from all the stats that I could find, there have been 39 winners of major championships in golf for people over 40. 39 major. 39 major champions. Okay. The oldest being Phil at 50. Okay. In 2021. Yep. Now, I looked up football. There's been one person to win a Super Bowl over age 40 as a starting quarterback or somebody that's a starter. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah. Now, basketball. There's only been four that have ever won a championship that are over 40. Four, period. Do you know who they are? I know the oldest is Robert Parrish, and he was 43. The other three were 40 on the dot. Okay. So, so but 40. If, but, if you, but if you look at those numbers, you've got three in basketball, one in football, and then I tried to find hockey in those, but they were, they were a lot harder to find. But even that, 39 on the PGA Tour. Right. Yeah. So that's a pretty big deal. Now I know there's only you know there's only one championship in those sports per year, and you have four majors, but still, that's I mean that's a pretty golf golf you can play so, up in your forties and still compete. So what you're saying is the majority of the people when they're aging out of the sport, they're going to play because that competitive fire doesn't leave necessarily. Yeah. Like Tom Brady. Tom Brady says I'm retired, but he's back. Yep. You know why? Because he's Tom Brady and he can he can do it. You yep. know, very few can do it in football, but in golf. You have that opportunity to go to the older, what's it? Champions Tour. Champions Tour and still compete, you know, on up 
own up into, you know, and make money competing, yep. which is a big deal. Because them guys, I, I know it's not as much as PGA Tour or Major, but they're still making money. So there is something good to that. But, do, I mean, does Tiger do that, you think? Does he do what? Does he go to – or do you think he's done? Tiger's not old enough yet. But do you think he will? Yes. You think he will? Yes. But just in the I, majors? I think, I think he will play – as long as his body will let him, I think he will play the majors in both. I think he'll play the champion tour majors right. and also the regular majors. Right. So, now, what, now, what about um, – what's the difference in disc golf? So, here – now, let me just – let me paint disc golf for you. There were – you were not and still the majority – the the majority of disc golfers right now are not making a lot of money touring, and what I mean by a lot of money is they're not making enough. Now the top elites are, you know, your Paul McBass, Ricky's, Calvin Heinberg, Simons, you know, maybe your top twenty or so, but maybe even just your top ten are making enough where their future's secure. Yeah, it wasn't. We're in two thousand twenty two, two thousand nine you got people like Avery Jenkins who's a pioneer of going out on the road and touring in disc golf. The money's just not there. It's a new sport. Sponsors aren't there, obviously. It doesn't have the, you know, um, the magnitude of which golf has. But So here's the thing. Most of those disc golfers until a few years ago are working other jobs. Yeah. So disc golf is just a hobby where they can make money. Now you have your rare exceptions, Ken Climo, and then – now you've got Paul McBass signing a $10 million deal. Ricky Wasaki signing a $4 million deal for four years. Uh, Chris Dickerson, his contract was pretty big as well. And you're getting these big million-dollar contracts where they can, you know, kind of provide and get into the future and, you know, and secure their future. But that's brand new. So a disc golfer, you can't think of it as a golfer as much as someone that has um, – someone that has – can go and just keep playing and it could be a career. It's not been a career right. until of late. Now it's fun to see it becoming a career. And this is what happens. You have guys like big germ. You've heard me talk about him, Jeremy yep. Cooling, Paul Uliberry, some early guys, pioneers of the, you know, of the going around the country and touring. They're getting where they just can't compete on the level they used to. So what do they do? They have now found jobs where there used to not be jobs, but found jobs in like commentating, found jobs in uh, teaching disc golf. So right now, maybe the young young kids right now will be able to have a career and kind of have a sustainable future with disc golf. But it's interesting time in disc golf because that's never been the case before. Right. But you're seeing them jump into those commentator jobs. That's fun. Um, disc, some of them work for the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Some of them have a startup company and stuff like that. So they've had to get creative, but that's kind of what it's looked like for a disc golfer kind of aging out of the sport. Hopefully they can be sustainable. Hopefully the the Masters uh, Tour, you know, the, or the, the older fellas can get a tour that's can kind of keep them going. They yeah. have that. They do have it, but I don't know if it's sustainable to live on. Well, and I, I don't want – so I've got two examples here. I don't want people to think that, you know, that all golfers just play forever because right. it's not true. Uh, one example is the LPGA Tour. Her name was Lorena Ochoa, and I I have heard of her. Oh, yeah, Ochoa. Uh, she is a Mexican uh, – the first Mexican woman to ever be the number one golfer in the world as a woman. Okay. 
So she won five junior world titles, two NCAA Players of the Year, and in seven years, and I wish I put the dates down, but I didn't, in seven years she won 27 times with two majors and then 21 tournaments between 06 and 08 alone. Okay. So in a two-year span, she won 21 of her 27 tournaments and was the world number one for 158 straight weeks. Wow. And she retired at 28 to start a family. How about that? So... She was also inducted to the Hall of Fame in 2017. Yep. So, a lot for some people would think, you know, oh, if I could play golf, I would do it my whole and career. 28, she's at the peak of her career. Yeah. Like, she's still going strong. Oh, yeah. And, you know, most people most people just – some some just want to do other things. Right. I mean, she's she made her money, obviously. Obviously. And she won her tournaments. Uh, but, obviously, a family was more important – now she started some foundations and stuff, which uh, you know a lot of a lot of the uh, the golfers do start their own foundations and stuff. Another one that I, that you may know is Anthony Kim. Have you ever heard of Anthony Kim? Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of Anthony Kim? Be Willie. Yeah, I figured you had. Maybe. So he's he was on one of the golf games when Tiger first come out with him, and at the very beginning it would say uh, something like Anthony Kim had the lead at the Masters uh, when Tiger beat him, I think. So, he's got three PGA Tour wins. He played for the Ryder Cup and the President's Cup one time on both. And uh, so, but he got injured in 2012. And in 2012, he was 27 okay. in 2012. Uh, but here's here's the deal. He got an Achilles tendon that ruptured. Oh, goodness. And he had surgery. Right. He was supposed to be out for nine to twelve months. The next year, he was eligible again on the on the medical exemption, but he's never played golf again. Wow! And I read that some believe that he had an insurance policy that would pay him ten to twenty million dollars if he had a career-ending injury. So he's getting paid not to play. That's that's the thing. Uh, that, I would imagine that's why he's not played. Yeah. And uh, you give me ten to twenty million dollars not to do something, I will not do that thing. Yeah. Now the kid was good. I've I've seen that video when he went head to head with Tiger, and uh, I mean, but that's crazy. Ten ten to twenty million dollars. Nope, I ain't never playing again. I'm I'm going to do whatever I want with the rest of my life and not play golf. Yeah, because you. I mean, because obviously we think about it as, oh yeah, they're getting to play golf for a living, but you know these guys get sick of it. Yeah. The training. The hours on the range, the putting—it becomes work. It become—they're not playing golf in their free time like we are. Golf is not something fun they do. Golf is their way of life. So you got to think about it as that. Some of them want to break. Yep. And and you see it right now on the disc golf pro tour. There's guys that just are like I'm lost. They I've heard this from Colt Montgomery. He says I'm lost out here. Like I'm just—it's not fun. Yeah. Heather Young, promising young athlete, sponsored by Prodigy. She pretty much put her career on hold and said, "I don't know if I'll ever play disc golf again, and I'm okay with it." That's crazy because that's crazy you said that because in 2014, Golf Channel reported that Anthony Kim no longer plays golf even at the recreational level. Yep, that's that's unfathomable to me. He's he's played with the best people in the world, right? And it you know it's made him what he is today, and right. he doesn't even play it for fun. Yeah. Well, everybody's different. Some of them. 
you have Jack Nicklaus who's going out and winning six more majors after winning 19 or 18, however. 18. Yeah, and then he's winning the, because that's just in him to compete. Yeah. It might not even be golf. It's the competitive fire that keeps him going, yeah. and it's the one thing he's good at, so he's just going to keep doing it because he loves to compete. Yep. You know, and it's interesting. It's an interesting conversation anytime you talk about someone getting old because you don't want to forget – Obviously, Tiger's not going to be forgotten. No, absolutely not, but, ever. But there are some that are. Oh, yeah. And you wonder, you know, um, why? What's the reason? Is it they're done with the sport? Is it they just don't feel like they can compete on this level? Is the pressure too much? You know, we don't even get, and we'll probably get on this on another, just the media presence you have to have, you yeah. know, on some of this stuff. So, But but it's not like, but the thing is, it's not like Tiger had that at the beginning. Right. He made himself that. Right. The, the dude was unstoppable from 97 to, like, 2003. Yep. When Tiger was playing, he was winning. Yep. Yeah, you definitely wouldn't bet against him. Well, interesting – definitely interesting examples you brought there of different people doing different things. I did not know that most of them went and played, but I guess that competitive fire doesn't quit. Disc golfers do the same thing. They'll play if they're not, you know, working at – They'll play when they can. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. The Johnny Johnny McGee um, just had heart surgery, and then became. I think he just won the Masters 50 World Championship. Yeah, old man, but still can bomb a disc. Well, and see some of them. You know, I think you know Nick Faldo. Right. Nick Faldo, I I think did play the Champions Tour, but to this day he's still in broadcasting. Right. You know, he he's won found a job somewhere. He yeah. just loves it yeah. that much. He won the 90-91 Masters back-to-back, I believe. It's what the years were. And he's just been in golf all of his life. Now, he does. I'm pretty sure he's a, obviously a golf instructor. But, uh, you know, you can you can get it out of some people because they don't really want to do it, and then there's others that are, that's all they're going to ever do. That's all they'll ever do. Jack did. Nicklaus still doing yep. it. So Well, I just hope – I would love to see Tiger, you know – Tiger just brings noise. He brings ratings. Golf wants Tiger. The fans want Tiger. Really, it just comes down to Tiger want to be Tiger. And he's going to be. Yeah. He has been all these years. So, we'll we'll see. Interesting. It's just interesting comments. So, with that being said, let's talk about it. Now, on the disc golf side of things, coming up, well, they just had a Silver Series in Norway. Greg Bardsby won it. Um, and then, uh, for the women – for the on the women's side, it was uh, I forget how to pronounce her name, but it was um, a European that won it. So congrats to them. Um, but we have the European Championships coming up this week, and Wednesday, pay per view through Disc Golf Network, you have the Presidents Cup, Team Europe versus Team US. I'm pretty pumped. I think I'm going to purchase it because I really want to see. I want to see what goes down. USA, I believe, if you're honest. They have the better talent. They have more talent. But home field advantage is a real thing. Oh, yeah. They're in Europe, and they're going to be playing. And then, of course, the European Championships, which I'm going to go ahead and pick Simon Lazat to win because he's been on fire. He's played those courses, you know, probably more than any other American player. And I mean, he is European, and – uh uh, he's been hot this season. I think he he might take it down on Simon Lazat on the uh, the men's side, and I think Kristen Tatar will take it down on the ladies' side. But that's coming up, so we'll recap that. Wednesday starts the Presidents' Cup, and then Thursday starts the European Open 
major in disc golf. The President's Cup will be fun. Yeah, it will be cool. It will be it'll be a lot of fun to watch. But let's let's recap real quick the British Open or the Open, I should say. It's not the British Open anymore. Yeah. My pick taking it down. He did take it down. Uh, outside of of course the storyline with Tiger. What I mean, what else? I heard this. Oh, let me let me stop real quick. I I, I was watching a, a video of skins match in disc golf and there's a disc golfer his name's Matt Matt Orham. And I've gotten to meet him. His name's Matt. They call him Matty O, and he's an Alabama fan. So he's just like roll tide, and he's just a complete character. And, you know, I don't like Alabama at all, but he, he's just funny. He's just a funny guy, down to earth, you know, southern, but just just seems like a good, genuine guy, just tons of personality. And uh, he, on this skins match, you know, it's a little relaxed, and he's talking to the guy, Bradley Williams. He goes, he goes, man, he goes, you still got that uh, that academy bag, <laughs> that academy. And he was talking about, he goes, you get your discs from academy sports, which he's an end of a sponsor player. And then Bradley shot back. He goes, no, nah, I get them at Dick's now, like Dick's Sporting Goods. And um, anyway, he was, he goes, man, I just couldn't believe looking in your bag. It's like having tightless and hitting noodle soft. That's what he said. And I thought y'all would, I That's thought funny. y'all would enjoy that. That is uh, funny. That, uh, that little comment that it's like having tightless, but, uh, Hitting noodle sausage, of course, is not as good as a Pro V1. But uh, anyway, so getting to the open, Cameron Smith takes it down. Was it true? I saw this or I heard this, and I need to get confirmation. Rory wasn't using his clubs. Like his clubs had somehow got lost, and then they had made him some clubs. Had anybody heard that? If that's true, I didn't know that. But then he got his clubs back. But like the clubs he was playing with, I might be totally off. I, don't I thought to. I heard something like that. That could be true. I, don't, I have not seen that or heard that. Rory played great. He did. Rory he did. played great. His putter let him down. That last round. Yeah. So, so set the scene for me. So you know, Cam Smith shot 64 in the second round. Okay. So he's, and he's leading. He's leading go after the second round. And then the third round, he shoots 73. So he falls way down. Okay. Rory, I think at the start of the day, was 16 under. And Cam Smith would have been 12. Uh, okay. So he was – he was. Rory may have been 18. Rory was leading by a good margin. Yeah, I think 18 under. Would you say that Rory – lost the tournament or would you say Cameron took it from him? I think a little bit of both. Okay. Because Rory didn't play here's my thing. Rory didn't play bad and I saw a stat that Cameron Smith like birdied the last four or five holes. Okay. Like, so Rory said in his interview that he played a very controlled round of golf, which is what he thought he had to do to win. He didn't make any mistakes, but he didn't make any birdies really on the back. Right. When he when he started Seeing Cam Smith climb up that leaderboard, he said, I know I've got to make some birdies now. And he said, I just couldn't. I just couldn't make them. So you think his mindset is, I'm going to play controlled golf, and if I do that correctly, I'll get a couple birdies. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll get I'll get a few. You know what I'm and, saying? And he did make some birdies, and I'll look at it in a minute. But So Cam Smith, when he starts the back, I think he's four down. And he makes birdie, 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 birdie to start the back. Wow. Yeah. And then he makes par, 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 and finishes with a birdie to shoot 30 on the back. Six under to shoot another 64, which is tied for the lowest Sunday round in a major. And I believe, I heard this, is this true, the only player that shot 
two rounds 64s. of 64s are under in, in one major. And 20 down is tied for the lowest. It is. Yep. The lowest, lowest to the par. lowest to par in all four rounds of a major. Yep. So, man, there, that's a lot to unpack there. Can't, so, if you were to tell me those stats, I would say Cameron won it. Not so much that Rory lost it. Cameron Smith went out and won that. But you got to think, Cameron Smith also started an hour before Rory did. So Cam's done, and Rory's still playing. And he was on the card right behind him because he finished. Cameron Smith finished. Was it? Was yeah. it right behind him? Yeah, because it was him in that. Because uh, I watched that, and then the Cameron Young. Yeah, Cameron Young, it is which Cameron by the Young. way can smack a ball. Yeah, because he, he got the eagle on eighteen. Which, when you're watching, I don't know what Cameron Smith's thinking about. Okay. Cameron Smith on 17 is off the green and has to putt off the green. Which was a fantastic Which putt. was, because a perfect lag putt. And then, I don't know if he's off the green on 18 for the eagle or not, but he knows that Cameron Young has a legitimate look at eagle, so he at least needs to get the birdie not to be tied with Cameron yep, Young. And rolls it to like two feet. Yeah, and then just, I mean, gives himself – Pretty much a no pressure putt. I yep. say no pressure. I'm obviously pressure, but just gives himself an easy putt and takes the lead there. And I'm just thinking, this guy's clutch. Yeah, Shannon Smith missed it at the member member at Grassy Creek from three feet. <laughs> Are you a little bitter, Aaron? Imagine, imagine at the open. No, I'm not putting him down. Imagine the pressure at the open. No, you got to make a birdie. And his brother Cameron Smith <laughs> made. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah he wishes. <laughs> Shannon ain't got no hair. Oh, good. Uh, He'd love to have that mullet there. Yeah. So, I'm just kidding. I don't know you. So, Shannon. Roy was 16 under, so he shot 70 on the final round. Which isn't a bad round. He made one birdie on 10, and then he parred out from there. Okay. So, you know, Cam's coming up the leaderboard. Roy's trying to make birdies, and he's not. Wow. Now, I looked at Cam's – I did not know that Cameron's already won this year. Yep. Is he golfer of the year to this he's point? He's the champion golfer of the year. But, like, will he be – at the end of the year, don't they pick – is it like the PGA Golfer of the Year or something right yeah, now? Yeah, there's a there's a, I don't know. Scotty Scheffler's won like four times. Oh yeah, Scotty's won a lot as well. So it'd be between him or Scotty. Yeah. Which this is Cam Smith's first major though. What did? How did Scotty finish? I don't know. I didn't pay him no attention. Yeah. It what? It wasn't close. He wasn't close. It, no, every day. And I honestly, I didn't watch much of it because it come on at like two a.m. Right. <laughs> and you know, I was sleeping because I was playing in my own tournament. So. I did watch some highlights, and I kept up with the score throughout the day. But Well, every day on social media, it was either Cameron Smith's pitcher or Rory's. Yeah. So, I just knew it. Well, Victor it, Hovland was in it for a while as well. Oh, really? Yeah, Victor Hovland had a chance. I think he was tied for sec- or second place, maybe one or two behind Rory to start eight, the final round, and he, he shot over par right. Sunday. Now, did you know this, and this is a little bit off topic, congratulations to Cameron Smith. Oh, yeah. Whether – you know, and I don't even think that's a storyline. Did Rory lose it to Cameron? Cameron played amazing golf. He did. To shoot 20 under. Two more things I want to talk about about the British Open. I heard this comment. And you tell me how accurate it is because I'm like, no, this is just people being – they said without the wind, St. Andrews is defenseless against these players. It is. So it, you think – The wind didn't blow. So you think without the wind, St. Andrews is a pretty? I don't. I, according I, I, to now, I'm, I'm I'm not saying that we'll, we'll go out there and shoot par or anything. What I'm saying is for the pros, the PGA Tour, they can get out there and they can kind of tear it up a little bit. If 20 under wins, well, that's averaging five under a round, which is pretty. I mean, what won the Masters? 
this year. I don't remember. What's Scotty shoot to win the Masters? Be Willie will be on that. I'm just saying, <laughs> does it? It speaks to how good these guys are. Oh, yeah. obviously, yeah. Because there's been changes to St Andrews, I'm sure. But like without the wind, these guys are shooting crazy numbers. But you, you got you got to imagine. You just say the wind. The wind at St. Andrews blows 20-plus miles per hour. This was an exception a, to what it normally is. It, this, yeah, it was very, very mild. Yeah, so the Masters, is they were 10 under. Yeah. So that's averaging, you know, two, just a little like 2.5. Yeah, yeah 2.5. So, wow, that's crazy. So it's insane to me that we're getting to see these guys. They're so stinking good. They it. People do not under. I don't even under really understand, but I know because I play golf all the time, and they make it look just like disc golf. They make it look so much easier than it actually is. Right. So I saw, and this has nothing to do with golf, but that bridge. Did you know that bridge on eighteen is like seven hundred years old? The one that they cross to get to the green there. Yeah, is, is seven hundred years. Did you old? not see that picture of Tiger with his hat off? Speaking of Tiger, he got a outstanding ovation coming up yeah well it's coming up through there sure i thought it was cool when rory rory did not so rory's got to chip in for eagle to to tie cameron smith and then it kind of panned and show a shot of the gallery running up behind yeah they were jumping that they were jumping that it was crazy it was crazy it's times like that man it's just it's like man this is such a special special moment right well that's the could you imagine if rory chipped in i just said i was sitting there with my uh, with my in-laws, I'm like, if Roy chips in, this will be one of the craziest things oh, ever. Because yeah. they were acting like it was doable, um, and he went for it because he ended well, up. He, had he went way past it. I mean, he did what was right. He went way past it, missed the birdie made par, and then ended up in third because mm-hmm. Cameron Young made the eagle. But, uh, man, some of the most entertaining golf that I've watched in a while. Yeah. It was just entertaining. Say what you will about St. Andrews being defenseless, all that. It proved – for some entertaining, fun to watch broadcasting. I, you know, I like both sides of the spectrum. I like where they're grinding it out and they're shooting even pars a good score. Right. But I also like when they make birdies. Yeah. Because it just, to me, when you can when you can go out there and you can make more birdies than more people have a chance, and it's it's kind of, well, I don't know. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It, it's fun to watch everybody making birdies than it is for them you know, hitting it in the rough in the U.S. Open and they advance the ball 70 yards and they got to get up and down for par. Okay. So. Yeah. Now, real quick, we're going to do game time. Game time. Game time. All right. So, I don't really necessarily have a game. I just love the music. But I do have a scenario for you. Okie doke. Talking about hole 18 St. Andrews. You step up. To the tee box. What are you hitting? I'm no, hoping the wind is 25 miles per hour with me. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, are you super familiar with this hole? Yeah, it's a it's a relatively short hole. Yeah. Like, those guys were getting to the green with a good smack. Yeah. So, I mean, legitimately, what do you think you're doing? Like, no pressure. For the first just, t- like just, just going out there and just hitting one yeah, shot? What, what, I'm hitting driver. I mean, you're hitting driver. There's no – I mean – why would I go out there and hit three iron? I know you're hitting driver, but from that moment, do you think you hit? I mean, is that fairway long enough and wide enough for you to get in? I mean, it honestly. would depend on where that creek's at. Yeah, and 
It would depend on what the wind's doing. If it's 25 miles per hour downwind, I'm hitting driver. Okay, so you think you hit a driver, then maybe an iron wedge possibly? It would be a wedge. I don't. I still don't. Pitching wedge. Can, DJ, can you can you see how long that hole is? So we're going to look up 18. how long this hole is and see if you can see where that creek is because I just want to get – it would it would it would definitely depend on what the carry was to this, the creek. I do this in disc golf because there's a whole the whole one at Idlewild a couple of weeks ago. I think is a great because you can absolutely bomb it. It's a downhill, probably like 550, maybe 600 feet, and some of the guys can get it there. But I just feel like if I get out there, that I can throw two. I would have to throw driver and then probably fairway, maybe a mid. And now the green's a little precarious where it's at because it's kind of on the mound but i just think i put myself in that scenario what would i do i would throw if it was me i would throw something controllable like a end of a wraith and then i think i could get down to where i'm throwing a mid-range like a rock three into the green and then hopefully make a putt for birdie but i really feel like i could par do you feel like you could do you feel like you could birdie that hole pretty Mm, no you don't think so? Because no. we just – you don't understand the greens, right, and how well, fast no, it is. Well, I, I don't know. I mean – First time playing here, it. Here's what I'll say. Do you think you'll par it first time you play it? No, probably not. Bogey? Yeah. Bogey's probably legitimate. Probably, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's – you know, there's so many factors. Right. So many factors. Yeah. So, it's fun to put yourself in that – in your in that shoes, what would you hit? Now, if you could play one hole, and this is going to be a – this will be a podcast. If you could play one hole on the PGA Tour, three fifty six. Three fifty six. So if I mean, if I it's, bet you if with a good drive with twenty five miles per hour downwind, I, I'm getting close to the green. Yeah, yeah. Because on a good drive, I can I, I can carry like the ball two seventy. Yeah, two eighty. I mean, because you're hitting your drive pretty straight right now, yeah. right? I mean, I, I know I would hit out of bounds. Like I wouldn't even. <laughs> well, if you could play one hole in golf right now, what would it be? Um, number 12 at Augusta. Nice. nice. Here's what I would say. Like, when I played this weekend, I guarantee you that I hit some shots as good as the pros do. Right. No doubt. They just hit more of them. They're consistent. A lot more of them. Where you're hitting one, two, three. Three or four really good shots. Around. around. They're hitting two, three a hole. Or two a hole. I'm I'm talking more like the approach shot though. Okay. Like two or three mate like two <laughs> or three. The, if the pros played the courses we played, they would now I know there's some stuff. Well they wouldn't they, they would look like a goat track. Yeah. That they, they the greens would be different because ours were so much slower than what they played on, but they would absolutely they wouldn't have to putt. Would I mean they would get it so close. They would Well, no. I mean not necessarily. They still gotta hit shots. Yeah. I mean it, you know, I've seen some I've seen some videos of pros play in like random public courses and you know, they'll shoot 70, 71, but they're not going to go out there and shoot 57, 58, something like right. that. But yeah, I mean, if they play it 4 days in a row and they have some practice throughout the week, yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you've been getting into disc golf and you want to check out the President's Cup or the European Open, you need to subscribe to Disc Golf Network. You can uh, look that app up on your phone. And you can uh, look at stuff there. They don't only just have tournaments. There's documentaries, things like that. British Open, um, course, great recap on that. Anything else coming up this weekend for golf, or do they kind of get a week off? No, they'll have another. Uh, they'll have um, 
They'll have another one. They'll have another tournament. I'll tell you what it is. Okay, they'll have another tournament there. European Open, President's Cup. Follow that. UDisc. You can can download UDisc, get UDisc Live, and follow it there as well if you're into disc golf and stuff like that. They will have the 3M Open in uh, the Twin Cities in Minnesota. Okay. And the defending champion is Cam Smith. Uh, No, Cameron Champ. Cameron Champ. All right, so – Thank you, Aaron. If you want to contact us, we've got some. We actually got some uh, activity on the Facebook page. Yep. Also, our email golf versus disc golf at Gmail. Hit us up there. Hit us up on the Facebook page. I think pretty excited. We got another interview coming up here in the next episode or two that I'm excited about. So, uh, thank y'all for listening. Hopefully, Anthony will be back next week. We said that last week, but he yep. come down with strep throat. So. So, all right, whether it's swinging a club or throwing a disc, go play some golf. We're out.